welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. If you were new here, I just want you to know that my name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. Um, and it's it's more than just a YouTube channel. What it, this is is a community of educators that come together every Sunday and at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we talk about things that are going on in education and in our lives. And so the idea here is that Sunday night can be the most terrifying night of the week for educators. And so we, you know, and in thinking about that, why not go on offense instead of defense and show up and be together and figure this thing out together. And so that's what we are attempting to do here today. Um, and this is episode 129 that we've been doing this. And then that's only for this newer season. Like there's, we've been doing this for like over 200 episodes right now over the last, I don't know, four years or so. So it's, it's really kind of exciting. Um, here's what uh, you can know besides this. If you show up and you have a question, there is going to be a link in the chat that if you want to come on Zoom and ask a question live and have a conversation, you can do that. You can also submit your question by just putting a cue next to your whatever you're saying or, or the word question next to what you're saying. And then the team is pulling all of those. They are inputting them into a document so that we can make sure that we get to as many of those as we can in order. If this is not enough for you, right? Sometimes meeting on Sunday is really great. Um, but you wish that there was more during the week. There's the YouTube channel you could go to. There's the Facebook group, uh, Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook, which is a closed group. You have to answer like three basic questions. If you don't answer those questions, you're not allowed in. Um, but they are just making sure that you're an educator. What we're trying to do is like keep out brands or something like that that are going to like try and infiltrate and sell things to you. So it is just a place where teachers can have honest conversation about what they're experiencing in the classroom. Um, other than that, we have mentoring services. You can go right to our website, realrapwithreynolds.com, and you can get mentoring. You can go buy the book, which there's, you'll see, what, how, what corner of my finger is this? They're right here. Um, and you'll <laughs> find uh, the link in the description below, but you can just go to teacherclassoff.com and that will take you to the link to get the book. Um, and if you're, you know, when schools start having people speak again, tell an administrator, man, like you can share this video, you can share this feed with someone and you can have an administrator pop in um, or ask a question or have me come speak at your school, especially if you teach somewhere warm right now. I spoke to, I liked speaking to that woman the other day from Hawaii. Uh, I know you're busy doing something. I'm just going to pretend I'm talking to you. Um, this woman from Hawaii that, that watches and I thought, man, it would be really great to go to Hawaii right now. So like if you teach somewhere, you know, on the other side of the equator at this point of the year, because I'm, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting pasty up in here. I'm starting to look like a Twilight character again. Uh, so that's that. So the, uh, the next move is we will take questions. Um, but I think, is that still being worked out? Uh, there's a question on there, but I'm trying to find the comment. It's new. If I'm trying to post them on the screen, I have to find So take your moment. There. Um, so here, this is the thing with innovation, right? Like this is the same thing that happens in school when you're like, no, let's try something new, like Flipgrid today. And then you use Flipgrid and you're like, this is a nightmare. Like no one knows how to get onto the link. No one knows where things are going. We've had tests on this, but for some reason it was giving me trouble this morning. And so we're figuring it out. It's cool. It's not a, not a big deal. Um, I am interested in uh, 
you know, one of the things we've been talking to our kids a lot, uh, did you post that? I did. Well, I just wanted to see if it worked. And that's not his question. <laughs> All right. I just, I just saw it pop it. up. I didn't know if he made that happen. I or did, what? but I don't, I don't. Um, the, we, so we have, uh, we have Monday off and there's nothing like, there's nothing like a Sunday during the school year when you have Monday off. It is just, it's just a magical experience. And so I have Monday off this week for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And then there is, um, which usually that is a day of service, but during COVID, I think it's a day of staying at my house. Um, I'm not sure like what to do with that yet, except for just kind of like pray throughout the day and, and kind of maybe my service is thinking about the week to come. And then we have professional development on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I really don't teach till Thursday again, which is, uh, feels, it's pretty nice. Feels pretty nice. Um, and then I start a uh, new class this week too. Uh, uh, courses I'm taking on leadership. Um, still working it out. No, I'm going to read them. I can't, I don't know where they are and I'll find them. I'll get there eventually. Okay. Okay. Mrs. Uh, Miss Predisac, Predisac, Predisac. Sorry. I'm terrible. At we, are, we are awful. Um, I apologize. But anyway, she is asking, how do you, how do you, um, to remain enthusiastic when no matter how much energy you give in class, the teens, generally seem bored or hate school thanks to you and your wife for the time you take yeah so um i'll give a very practical answer for this uh sometimes i love that i love the idea that no one from school watches this because if they did i just feel like they'd get some information sometimes that i would i'm not so sure i want them to have um i well that's not even true because i don't I, I like really don't care because i just care i like i just focus on the students so for those of you that don't know i teach a class an elective called the history of hip-hop and that class is friggin' awesome all the time. Uh, I love it so much. There is, it is something that is, um, when I'm in school, it is an elective that I usually have more kids that try to get into it than we could ever facilitate based on just like the, the room size alone is just not enough to, to get more kids, but I'll have like 35 kids in there sometimes. Um, the and then and then all the other kids that are just like come up from lunch and are doing something like that. So uh, I, I, I did it. That feature is slick. Look at that. So the so but right now in the beginning of this school year, it was still okay. Like we still ran that class. It was synchronous learning uh, in in this virtual world that I'm teaching him, and that went okay. The I'd say I had about. 50% of my students engaged, which is average even when I'm in school, right? So like there's a number of kids that like, because it's a mixed class, because it's seniors, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen, um, not everyone talks because they don't have the confidence because they're in there with older students. That being said, this trimester, I mean, no matter what the question is, like it doesn't matter what I do, it is crickets all day, unless I speak to students individually. So if they are in breakout rooms, I shoot to your breakout room and I talk to you, then you want to talk about stuff, you have ideas, and it's just, it's it's been a to-do. So I've just, I decided in the beginning of this year, about two weeks in, when I was getting all stressed out, all worked up about what was going on, that one, students, school, faculty, none of this stuff is allowed to steal my happiness. It is my happiness. You are not allowed to have it from me. I can share. 
I try and make you happy. No, I can't really make people happy, but I can like try and share my joy, right? But if you're not picking up what I'm giving, then I don't know, man. It's like, you know, I'm giving you a gift and it's like the Amazon guy put it on your step and then you were just like, I'm not opening that. I'm not taking that thing. It's got coronavirus. I got to wait three weeks anyway until it's clean. Um, then, then what do you do with it, right? If someone doesn't take the gift that you are giving, then that has more to do with them and nothing to do with me. I think that there's so much other stuff going on right now in students' lives, hearts, and minds that trying to get them to learn sometimes can be very, very taxing because it's the world already feels overwhelming. And I think that students don't even necessarily identify with the idea that they feel really overwhelmed because I don't think that they these are such new emotions and it's such a weird thing. It's like, it, it seems like, like students are having a hard time identifying. So this is what I do. I create asynchronous work or I just keep moving through or I just keep teaching or I just keep doing what I'm doing. And my joy does not need to come from the fact that someone loved my class, that someone engaged in my class, that someone did something in my class. I, if When I tie it to the outcome of how someone else is receiving what I'm doing, then it kind of takes away some of the innate, like you're, you're giving that power to someone else. So I would say that in lieu of, this is important, in lieu of just trying to make lessons better, how are we making ourselves better? How are we building that capacity for ourselves where we don't need that sort of outside gratification or because look, kids are still doing my work. They're still engaging with it. They're still doing the projects. They're still giving thoughtful answers. They just don't want to talk on camera or sometimes when they don't do answers or anything anyway, like they do no work. It's like, I'm not sure what else to do with that. Um, except for just keep trying my best, keep connecting with parents, keep talking to my colleagues, keep trying to figure out ways, but not in a way where I'm stressing myself about it. Because I've said this a million times before, I'd rather show up every day on 11 and have a lesson plan that's a six than show up on a six and have a lesson plan that's an 11. So it is I think this school year is more about pouring into ourselves and trying to show up as the best possible version of ourselves instead of trying to figure out like some kind of magic plan or lesson coordination is going to like make this really hit. I think it's going to be us showing up um, and letting people know that, no, you can't get me. It's just impossible. Like you try, bro, but like that's not how it's going to go down. What do you got? Okay. Um, Our next question is from... Well, the Raider, and he is asking, how do you deal with feeling teacher tired all the time? I constantly feel exhausted. This is year four, and I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, so um, it is, I think there's a couple of things. I think there's a couple of practical things here, right? Um, during COVID, I find that I eat really crappy. Um, I sit all day. Like, I just bought this chair. And the seat is already worn out. Like I could feel my butt bones touching like the plastic under the cushion. Like, cause I sit here for 12 to 14 hours a day sometimes. Um, or most of the time. Um, so I think it is part of it is, uh, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Like, and that can look like, look, that, that can look like a lot of different things. Depends on who you're watching on the internet. But for me, it is, I've been taking vitamin D supplements because um, I there's a lot of studies that show that even COVID, uh, folks that are like getting really sick or that are passing from COVID have like dangerously low vitamin D 
count. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm taking vitamin D. I'm trying to, I realized that this year that your serotonin in your body, like the, the chemical that makes you feel good is largely um, created in your gut, that your actual gut health, what's happening in your stomach and your intestines and all that stuff um, is really, really important. So I've been eating a lot of kimchi. I've been drinking kombucha, both of which I think are disgusting, both of which I hate. I take probiotic, uh, supplements, which are disgusting also because they're like those pills that like float in your mouth. You try and swallow them and they just keep staying at the top and you're like, bro, can just like, what the hell? Um, it is doing stuff like trying to exercise and really focusing on, um, like my core and look, I don't like exercising. Like all everything I've named so far is like the worst, right? Don't like drinking this crap. Don't like eating this crap. Don't like exercising. Hate it. Ran all those days in a row. Hated every single one of them except for the last one because I was so stoked that I was doing it. Like it is just like, but it is a necessary kind of pain that I have to put myself into to help me do that. I will say that I bought um these sweet blue blockers from uh these are not real glasses. I don't, I don't I've I've perfect vision everyone. I don't need glasses, but these I got from, I think I got one pair from Staples and the other pair from freaking Target or something. They were like $9.99 and I wear those during the day. I don't know if it's placebo effect or not, but I freaking feel less tired at the end of the day from wearing them. And I also just feel smarter. Like I just like, look how smart I got all of a sudden, like in, in a minute, you're not paying attention to me. Um, oh, I'm listening to you. All right. So that helps. And I think that having boundaries when it comes to work and not just like, look, even when I love working, there are nights when it is 10 o'clock, 1030 at night, 11 o'clock at night. And my wife is like, can you please be done so we can just watch a TV show? And I'm in the flow though. Like I love doing work. Like I just, I like working a lot. Um, I created a space that I like being in and all that stuff. But it is still putting those parameters up because I realized that like my mind actually needs a break from this stuff. So to just like have a beer, watch a show, chill with my kids, work on a puzzle, like I, I physically need that. And so I think that pour, back to that first question, pouring into yourself isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. And if we're not putting things in, if the car doesn't have gas, like my friend Elise says, then nobody's going anywhere. And that is car, like gas isn't a nice to have. It's a necessity when you have an automobile. And so I used to love, uh, Henry Rollins used to say that you're, you were born with a body that's a Porsche, but you treat it like a beater car. Um, and I always thought that that was such an interesting way to put that. What you got? Okay. So our next person is supposed to be, um, piano boy and it's supposed to be like, He's coming in, but I don't see him in the bottom there. Uh, he is not in the bottom there, which so, means he's not in. Was that mean? Does that mean that the Streamyard link wasn't on the Google thing? Uh, I don't know. Well, can, she, he said it's there. So we can go, as soon as I see him pop up, I'll pull him in. Okay, do you want to do that? Yeah. So piano boy, as soon as I see you pop up on my bottom little thing here where I see everybody. We should um, see you come into StreamYard before we bring you actually yeah. live. And then so, I'll, I'll pull it up. But we don't see you in there. Um, okay, so we're going to jump to Chris Chong. And My buddy, Chris Chong, the Canadian. He is asking, hey, Reynolds, what's your morning routine look like And uh, while you're doing teaching online? So what's your morning routine? It's look been like different. Uh, I have not I been getting up 
at five. I've been so recently I've been getting up at six. Um, and that looks like right now I come down. It depends if the dog comes. I mean, let's get real, Chris. If the dog comes down with me, gotta take the dog out first. But otherwise, I come down and uh, I make a protein shake. Um, and that's disgusting. Also, basically all the things I have to do are just gross. So I drink my disgusting protein shake and then, um, I sit, I read like a Bible app every day and see what's on there. And then just read like that chapter or verse from that. Um, right now, then it looks like I'm praying and then I will sort of I just meditate on, like, I say, like, affirmations. Like, I go through this affirmation process where, like, things that I want to show up in my life, I focus on those and say them over and over again. Um, and then for my new class that I'm starting, we're reading um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I had to look because it's right over there. So I started reading that as well, which has a lot to do with, like, vulnerability within leadership. And that because that's a skill that I really want to build in myself is leadership. And so after that, I, my wife usually comes down, coffee's usually ready. We have coffee, we have our morning meeting and talk about like what has to happen today, what's going on, like what are we thinking about, dreaming about, hoping about. And then um, I go back here to my office and then that's where I basically sit for the next 14 hours. Um, from about like 8.45, I'm back here till, I don't know, till friggin' 10 o'clock at night. Um, so that's that's basically what that's looking like right now. And I, I like it. Um, the protein shake comes from trying to take, do 30 grams of protein in, within the first 30 minutes that I wake up. Um, and that has to do with just like good, like movement in your body and, um, and trying to like get my metabolism started on, on a point that I wanted to. And then, uh, yeah, again, it's like not watching TV, not being on social media. I don't look at emails. Like I just try to ingest and infuse myself with so much goodness in the morning that when I finally hit the computer and I'm working with students at that 845 mark that I'm at the best possible place that I can. I really should be working out in the morning too, but that, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm working up it to comes. that. It's freaking cold out too, man. It's the been Reynolds like 27 degrees. Been enjoying uh, <laughs> not being on any specific. Yes. There's a lot of diet. comfort going on. Yes, we have. <laughs> it's been nice. It's been kind of fun though. It's fun, but then your joints hurt. Yeah, my joints totally hurt. I'm what we're getting ready. What you got? Okay. Noah Cop is asking, um, I made the mistake of promising my students I would write and perform a rap at the end of the year. Whoa. I've never done either and I don't listen to rap. Any suggestions? <laughs> um, this is not real rap with Reynolds because you rap. But... This is a good learning experience for, I, and look, <laughs> I've done this too, where I've said things to kids and because in the moment, it's great. And you see them light up. And during this school year and last school year, like it's a special thing to see kids light up. Um, but that's my wife's real good at like just saying, no, dude, you can't like, we're not going to do that. Like you need to just chill a little bit. Um, I would say maybe you could. So I, what do you there's have a a lot of, I know I was just gonna say there's a lot of people like educators at least um that don't technically rap. I think of like Alex Kajani who like made a rap and mathematician. Yeah, he just made raps. Like I'm sure you can probably find them online somewhere. Yeah. Um on YouTube. But just to see as an example of someone like yourself who probably doesn't rap or do any of those, but he 
made raps for math for his students and they were really wildly successful. Um, so I can't imagine they're still or awesome or anything, but they serve the purpose. So I think finding someone like that to model off of would be um, the best. Yes. That's it, what I would do. Uh, because what he did was his raps aren't like, like you wouldn't see them and go, yo, that guy is like crushing that. I just put his, uh, his link in the comment section. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, so he, he's a friend of mine and, and he is admittedly like, like they're kind of corny. Uh, some of them, or they're just sort of silly or they're, he doesn't try to be cool. That's right. what I like about Alex. Like he doesn't, he's the rapid mathematician, but he doesn't try to be cool. His whole thing was trying to like, he noticed that like kids couldn't learn fractions or multiplication tables. But if a new song came out on Monday, by Tuesday, everybody knew it. Like if they knew a new hip hop song. So he tried to create like um, songs that would, that would help kids remember mathematical stuff. I don't teach math clearly, but um, so I think what if you just did like took a popular song that already existed and you kind of rewrote some of the words for whatever it is that you're doing for your um for your class for your subject about your students about your school um and then you didn't like it could just be like a verse and then you know the chorus is either the regular chorus or it's like something that fits into what you're doing so something along those lines is what i think you could do you could also go like full TikTok and just make it like 30 seconds or something like that or a minute so that it doesn't have to be super long or like from beginning to end and you're standing up in front of your class for three to five minutes, like put it on TikTok. That's only on an account that only your students can see or something like that would probably get you out of that uh, a little bit as well. It makes me think when I was on Chivy's show on Instagram and he tried to make me finish a song. Oh, and I was the one that you choked on? Yeah. I <laughs> choked, man. I choked so bad and I don't, I'm not... I'm, I don't choke unless I have to talk to cashiers and then I hate that. And that makes me all awkward. Um, okay. Are you all done with that question? Yeah. Okay. See if you can, can you send the stream yard, the link didn't work for piano void. So can you send it? See on that, right? It says you can private chat. Yeah. And send it to him privately. Got see it. if that works. I can't even get this comment. Um, I don't see him popping up though. He's right here. Look. Yeah. All right. Let me just pop. You just have to look for him somewhere. It just look at the dark print names. Yeah. Got it. Okay, we're working it out. Sorry. Um, sorry. Can you send that link to Edie when you have a second? Did that, did that just go to him or that went to everybody? I have no idea. I have no idea either. All right, that might be a train wreck. Yeah, boy, we did. think that it came to you. Um, a link to you. We did a private message. Let's see if that works. If not, let's answer his question anyway. He said, okay. here's my question. What specifically do you do in preparation for evaluations? What do you ask for your evaluators to focus on during the lessons? Um, so it depends. It depends if I think that my evaluator actually gives a crap about what I'm doing and what's happening in my classroom. So. This year, I don't get the sense that's going to take place in my school because we have it's like a hot mess, and I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. So, um, in years past, I had two people either my principal, um, 
Dr. Tennant would come in and he would observe me. Or there's another guy that worked with Joel and Joel was the head of our curriculum. And so they both gave very meaningful feedback, would really not just like say, hey, I need to see more of this. But they would ask like, hey, why did you do this? Or how come you didn't do this? Or why did you do this? And then this afterwards, or they would just have thoughtful questions as to why you were doing the things that you were doing. And that to me is like, that's meaningful work now. Now we're having a conversation. Now we're growing. Now we're changing. It's not someone checking off crap. I was telling someone the other night that um, once, and I talk about this in my book, um, there's a, in my second year of teaching, we transformed the classroom into the the set for Romeo and Juliet. And then when we read Romeo and Juliet, we could act it out in the classroom. It was really great. I had someone come in and observe me at like, this was like every wall in my classroom was covered in like bulletin board paper and set design and stuff. This dude came in and checked off that. Um, I got points off on my observation because I didn't have student work on my walls. And I'm like, bro, first of all, the whole room is student work. Like, this is like, I didn't make this stuff. Like the kids made it. And then I put it up on the walls. And he's like, no, you have to have a bulletin board with students graded work on it posted. For what? Like, for what reason? To shame the students that didn't do well or to let kids know that only hundreds matter? Like that the kid that got a 70 that could barely read or doesn't speak English very well because he just came from Dominican Republic like freaking five weeks ago. Like that kid now has to be shamed because his work doesn't show up on the wall. So what I did the next time was I put a bulletin board up there and I just stapled all kinds of work up there with all different grades. And I was just like, it was a hot mess and I didn't care, but I got checked off for it. So it depends. What I like to do on the front end is if I know I have an observation, because I think sneak attack observations are garbage. I think someone just showing up whenever the hell they want and doing it is just dumb. Um, because it doesn't let you plan and think and and really oh, be hey, thoughtful. Yes, I'm going to let him in in just a second. Um, so the I think the move is sometimes letting people know on the front end hey, these are some things I'm going to be trying. This is some stuff that you might want to look out for. These are some students that I'm struggling with. These are some students that are always engaged, like giving them a sense of what they're coming into and then letting them come into it. Uh, and then you following up at the end, not waiting for your report, but say, hey, look, here's some things I noticed that went well or went wrong, or I could maybe do better. Could you give me some feedback on these points? Puts you on offense instead of defense. And I just think that, that really helps. Um, Piano Boy, I'm going to bring you in right now, bro. Three, two, one. There it is. What's up, dude? Awesome. Hey, Reynolds, how's it going? Good, man. How's it good? How you been? Fantastic. A lot of things have drastically improved for the better since the last time I messaged, which is great. All right. And I just got grading done for today. Be really good. I got my evaluation done the other day, which is why I asked that question. How did it Thanks go? Thanks for responding to that. Of course. So I want to know, besides your Sunday routine with these teacher discussions. What are some other things that you do in preparation for the week on the weekends? So I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to give you the uh, unpopular answer. On Saturdays, I do nothing. This is my okay. new Saturdays. I treat as like a Sabbath now. And so I don't do any actual work unless I want to, because it's something I'm excited about. So if I have a lesson coming up, like yesterday, I did some like real rapid Reynolds work, but it was stuff that I was like stoked about and like got some new ideas and I wanted to do, but largely I don't, do stuff. And I don't know that, you know, like if people are new to teaching, like that might be impossible for you to take a full day off like that. But if you at least like carve out 
a certain number of hours where you're pouring into yourself on purpose, right? So like even on Saturdays, if I sit around and just like want to watch, uh, so me and Brody were watching a movie yesterday. Um, I eat really crappy, especially on Saturdays, but it's on purpose because I'm trying to like, like, I don't know, just like, uh, give my body and my mind rest from thinking about stuff, which is what's going on all the time. Other than that, it is strategically like, um, thinking about, so as I'm doing my yearly calendar still right now, one of the things I'm thinking about is like, what vacations do I want to take? What date nights do I want to have with my wife? What nights do I want to go out with my kids and do something with them? Um, it's inputting all that life-giving stuff before I input the work stuff, because then I am making that so that it's a hundred percent going to happen. And so that's whatever fills you up, right? That could be like, like listening to live music or getting coffee with friends or playing soccer. I don't know what people are into, but like whatever it is that you're into, it's making like putting that on the schedule. So, and I, I try to do that. I use an app um, that I'm going to forget what it's called all of a sudden um, called Habit Share. And Habit Share lets me, I can even show this to you. Um, it is like, so it has all of my things that I do every week. So, like, uh, weigh in. So like, and that has not really changed. I used to just weigh myself every single morning. So that I'm not like during quarantine. Cause I was like, you know, when you go wearing sweatpants for four weeks in a row and you put on some jeans, you're like, damn, like it don't fit like they, like they did a couple weeks ago. So doing that, meditating and praying, uh, reading and listening supplements, probiotics, like it's all stuff that for each day I can touch the day of the week. And then it, it pops up and it's really easy, but it's a good way for me to stay accountable to make sure that I'm not just working, I'm doing the other things that I want to do. And I don't have to remember what they were. It's all on there every day. Like, oh snap, I didn't do this yet. Um, and then sometimes I'll put them in my calendar or or reminders in my phone. So it'll pop up like 4.30, practice piano. Um, five o'clock, play Fortnite with Brody. So it'll it's like these reminders to me that I, like, oh yeah, I have to do this now because otherwise sometimes, you know, you work so much and you just kind of get in that zone. And then before you know it, you're like, oh damn, it's eight o'clock at night. Like, and I've been sitting in this chair all day. So it's trying to like make those things priorities. Yes. And I really appreciate your response there because I know exactly what you mean. I get into that zone too. And it, one thing that I've learned about education as a first year teacher is you're never quite done with no. anything. There's always ongoing work. It's that's, all that's for a 15 year educator. Like CJ's that's constantly, yeah. it's never done, but you have to just be able to walk away from what I see, like at a yeah. place. Yeah. Stop. yeah. You're not building a house, right? You're like, it is this it's. And then next year it's like education's like Sisyphus's rock. It's like you roll that rock all the way up to the top of the mountain. And then at the end of the year, it just rolls back down to the beginning. And then next year you get kids that are brand new. They don't know you. They don't know the gig. They don't know what's going on. And you got to roll that thing all the way back up. So it is, I think it's, it's being okay with not being done all the time. It is like, it's, it's making progress, but, but that it, it's, you know, it's that old like journey, not the destination kind of a thing. Right. But that's, that's kind of how I, think about that helps me helps me to be all right with that too that's so cool thank you so much and i'm glad to see you i'm from illinois so, so wait, I think you're from thank you very much oh no wait you're not you get from so confused you talk to so many people that was chris chong's from canada piano boy though loves like gettysburg and like are you working in pa right 
Well, right now I'm working with some friends in Gettysburg National Military Park to get a summer gig going on there. So Eastern Illinois for the school semester, head up Easter in the summer. That's it. That's it. Awesome, man. Well, look, I hope the rest of your year is great. And I will, uh, I'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, peace. Um, Our next person. All right. Here we go. Uh, I don't. Curio L. Curio L. Maybe. Look, I'm going to be. So if you've not been here before, know that um, my dyslexia prevents me like if there's too many vowels in a name it just doesn't make it, it just doesn't, doesn't compute. compute in my brain and so i mess people's names up and i really apologize i'm not trying to do that on purpose um okay but their question is could you address how to come together with uh teaching colleagues when admin support is lacking also how do we balance meeting require meeting requirements and doing what's best for our students uh so first of all i want to tell you that i love purple cone flowers so i appreciate your profile picture there um they are one of my favorites they are one of our favorites uh, I love them. it is i think so coming together with teachers is so important because if your admin is is lacking or they're not very strong leaders then the teachers are the only people that you have to connect with um and you know, even that can be tough. Like if you don't feel like there's a lot of teachers, but it's about, I think, cultivating that community. Um, in the beginning of the year, I called a bunch of students or a bunch of teachers because we had a, this whole new administration. And I was like, look, I don't know how this is going to roll out. I don't know how things are going to work. So why don't we have one another to lean on? That was easier said than done because it was another thing that was kind of on my to-do list. What I do, what my everyday looks like is I'm part of a text chain that's all the freshman teachers and it's not attached to school at all. There are no administrators in it. So it's just us kind of freely talking about like without, without like, and there's no one like, it's not trash talking. It's like, Hey, um, did anyone, did this student show up for anyone else's class today? Cause they haven't been in mine. Hey, um, so-and-so is going to be late to your class because they were make they're finishing a test in my class. Hey, just be mindful that so-and-so is like living at grandma's right now. They're going through some stuff. Like you might want to be thoughtful of that as you're teaching them today. It's things like that, um, that keep us connected throughout the day so that you don't, cause right now it can feel very, very isolating. So it's putting together some sort of text chat. And then I have other ones that I'm a part of that aren't just the ninth grade team. It's just teachers that I teach with that are like venting that are wondering like, Hey, is anyone else's or anyone else's students like, completing homework because I can't get kids to complete homework. Oh, here's what I did to incentivize homework. Here's what I did to try and get kids to like start it in class and then they finish it at home and building excitement around it or whatever it is. It's a place to share ideas I think is really important. Um, and then doing things like, so last week we had a, we had a staff meeting um, and anyone that spoke up in the meeting, any teachers that spoke up in the meeting and I thought made a really good point, that were I felt like a little bit fearless when they went into the meeting that shared something that was really important or that I took away from or that I even made a note of. It was afterwards calling those folks or sending a voice message because I get so tired of typing and just saying, hey, look, I just want you to know that I really appreciated your comment last week um, because of X, Y, and Z. It is not ever expecting that someone knows you care or that you value them. It is unequivocally communicating to them that you are important, that I care about you, that you're doing a great job, 
that I'm thankful that you inspired me, that I heard you say this and now I'm doing this, that I took your idea because it's so awesome and I'm not giving you credit for it because I'm going to pretend that it's my own. Um, it is doing that sort of thing. And in school, this was easier. Uh, and I'd had all kinds of weird ways that I would do it. Like when I would put my own picture in people's picture frames on their desks that used to have their husband or their wife or their dog or their kids. And now it was a Reynolds picture. Uh, it was putting things in people's mailboxes. It was picking up a cup of coffee for someone. But instead now it is um, doing like calls, texts, emails to just let you know people know that I care. And that that really helps. Like that simple shift really helps because it makes you feel like you're on a team and that you're part of a community. And then even if the, the, um, the, you know, the administration, I must say the brass, like we're in the military, even if the administration's not helping, then this is, this is helping your group. Um, I, I think, uh, also how do we balance meeting requirements and doing what's best for our students? You know, this is a tough one for me and I'll tell you why. I, make almost every single decision based on what is best for the students. Sometimes there are certain requirements that I have to do that take over, right? There's special education requirements. And so like, if I was going to stay after and help a kid, I can't. There's meeting requirements that like, I know I have to go to, but it's because the people that in, are in the meeting with me, I really value also. So it's like that, I mean, ultimately it ends up trickling down and helping students, but I only participate in things that I think are, in, that directly impact students. Um, if they don't, I do not do them. Now that's a hard thing to tell people, um, but I think what you can do with that is, it's not always exactly what I say, what people should do. It is, can you get down with the spirit of what I'm saying and maybe that's what you should do. But if education's only ever about the students, I mean, especially since we've been on virtual learning, especially when you don't trust your admin or your leadership or whatever, like it's hard to just buy in and do all the 97 things they keep putting on your plate to do. And instead sometimes saying, no, I'm not doing that. Or that will come after I do these things for students. And right now for school, I largely only work an eight to four workday. I refuse to do it outside of that because I think the expectation that folks put on educators to work above and beyond and over hours is ridiculous. Now, look, I will sometimes work past four, but it's if I'm excited about something, if I want to do something, if I'm helping a certain kid, if I'm calling a certain parent and they couldn't talk to me during the day, that's cool. But that is of my own volition. It is not because someone told me to. So when the school holds a meeting and my school day's done at four, 4.30, so I work eight to 4.30. Um, if they want to start a meeting at five, not doing it. I just don't go. Um, and unless I think it's utterly important or it's like something happened or it's about a particular student that I really care about. But like when they're just like, all right, hey, everyone, uh, we have a meeting. I know it's past school hours, but we're going to have it at five because of this, this or this. Nope. Sorry. Can't do it. Like I'm fathering children and I'm and I'm teaching them uh, being a part of their homeschool life. I'm being a part of like the helping around the house life things that like you know my wife and i like you know it's man i wait till after four o'clock when you're off that yeah <laughs> off teaching and i'm like okay my turn yeah so that's that's part of how i kind of balance that stuff um now uh and, and i put up very strong behavior like those chats that i'm a part of those those um uh, like when i'm on my phone i'm on these like message groups um, I hide those notifications when I'm done at the end of the day. I don't want to know about anything that's going on. If someone needs to get to me, they know that they can just text me privately, but that I don't do schoolwork after a certain hour.
Long answer. Short questions, long answers. Okay, well, our next one comes from Liz, and she is asking, um, I used Pear Deck, Pear Deck and Nearpod a lot while teaching virtually. My kids are getting bored. How do you all present new lessons virtually in, a, in an engaging way? So I think there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, one is by using new platforms, trying something else, and I try and find stuff that nobody else knows about. So I'm going to tell you about one that I found, and you can go play with it. It is called... Uh, I'm going to tell everyone here, but I'm not going to tell everyone at my school. Um, I think this is how it's actually spelled. Mm -hmm. It's called, mm -hmm. you can download it. It works with uh, PicMonkey or it, not it, works with Zoom. it works with Zoom and it is a new way. It's like an add on to Zoom. That's it's like, there's no setup. There's no nothing. You download it and then it just kind of works fabulously with it. That's a really fun one to just look up. There's really good videos on YouTube as resources for this. Um, I can't pull those up right now because I can't talk and do that at the same time. Um, resources? You can yeah, the post video, them the, mm -hmm, in the Facebook group. Okay, I'll post them in the Facebook group. So I'll post about mm -hmm, and the video that I found for it. Uh, but that was really good. Um, I find that my students, I feel like they're getting bored of Kahoot, right? So we use Kahoot a lot. Instead of just doing regular Kahoot, what I do is I pick my own music. So I found like um, there's like Kahoot that someone took the music and like reworked it and did a remix. So it's like this kind of dubstep now. So I play that, which is unexpected. I use sound effects. So I Google soundboards. I look up sound effects. So if kids win, if someone gets something right, if someone gets something wrong, I mess with that. Sometimes I input uh, questions in the Kahoot that have nothing to do with everything, anything. They're just dumb. It's just like um, we're reading a story and then there's a question that comes up like, what does the WD and WD40 stand for? And kids are like, what? And I'm like, bro, I'm serious. I need to I need to know what this is. Does anyone know? This is important life information. Um, the store, the drugstore CVS uh, here in the U.S. I don't know if that's all over the country or not, but near us, there's a drugstore called CVS. And I go, what does CVS stand for? Where does the term hip hop come from? what from what source do people get cinnamon like where is it sourced from um so sometimes that works sometimes asking questions about particular students um for flipgrid it was messing around with a lot of the uh with a lot of the filters that are on flipgrid um telling kids to do their flipgrid from somewhere else not from where they're sitting right now but like if we're doing a ghost story Use a filter, go into a closet, go into your basement, go into your garage, turn the lights off in your room, get under your blanket. Like it's trying to do curious kind of stuff like that. And so I think that those are some ways to kind of like start thinking about how you can sprinkle the magic on some, on some of the regular sort of tech that we're using in class. What are you laughing at over there? Um, of course you spelled mm -hmm wrong. Oh, I did? <laughs> and Edie corrected you. There's two M's in each Thank part, you. not three. Thank you, Edie. <laughs> Maybe I didn't think it was as good. It was just a mm-hmm, not a mm-hmm. Okay, next one. I could really Eric, some delicious water okay, when so. you're done reading this question. Eric is asking, are there any guidelines or things you incorporate to try to make lessons fun? Uh, yeah, some of that stuff I just talked about. But I think other than that, like, what else have I been doing? Um, I just, you know, here, here's the thing, Eric. Sometimes this is a hard question to answer because... I, my brain always goes to fun and to jokes. And so it's just how it works all the time. So I just, that's where my ideas, 
Are you taking mom tax on my water? Yeah, I All needed right. a drink. I don't know. Does anyone else do mom tax or dad tax? We do this when we like, if my kids want like some ice cream and I get it for them, then I just eat a spoonful and they go, what are you doing? I go, dad tax. And that's what we do. Um, Let's be honest. If you made that up, you're usually the funny guy. I made that up and it's hilarious because I make my kids a sandwich, I take a bite and I give it to them and they usually yell, hey, your mom taxes said, you want me to make it? I go, I'm going to tax you. I think that's funny. I think you're funny. It's hilarious. I know. Don't take credit for my, you're trying to take credit for my jokes. I didn't that's know all. you came up with it. I thought uh, you. Were... No, I totally came you up with it. You invented mom tax? Yeah, I took well, you know how it first started is I took I took a little bite on each of their sandwich that I cut in half for lunch, and I put it back together so there was a little tiny hole in it, and then I wrote mom tax on the... Oh, like when they used to go to school? When I packed their lunch, yeah. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so um, other ways I have fun. I look for things. I look for props constantly that I can use in class, like just dumb stuff that I can use. So, like, um, I, look, that's how that's how close it is. I have this little... Um, I got this pegboard John at Ikea and I love it. So I have like my hands over here. I have my eight ball over here. I have all kinds of stuff up here, like, um, lobster claws that I'll just be sitting in class and I'm just talking about stuff and doing things. Um, and it is really just a way for me to get kids to pay attention to what the hell I'm doing. So that's like, how, how ridiculous can I make this? Um, I have two suitcases. I can't reach it right now because it went too far. Um, I have two suitcases under my desk that are filled with weird crap. I'm actually, they're here because I also want to make a video out of them. Um, these are from my classroom, weird and weirder suitcases that just have all kinds of goofy crap in them. And I find that just having this stuff around just inspires me to want to do stuff. So there's a flamingo puppet. There's uh, my dollar with my face on it. Um, bubbles. Other small hands. There's a whole collection of small hands. Look, why don't we keep them all? Uh, Let's have right, a thing of hands. There? There's, there's um, some hands too. These I got because my friend, my best friend at school, who just came over the other night, she just moved back. Um, Cho, who's been in videos before. Cho is, she's Korean and so she always eats with um, chopsticks. And so we were talking one time about how I'm not very good at eating with chopsticks, although. Like, I think it's like, I always want to, right? Like if I go out to like a good restaurant and everyone's eating with chopsticks, like there's this great, really great ramen place in Philly. Um, so I got chopsticks that have little hands on the end of them. And I, she hated this. Uh, cause she hates everything that I do. Um, cause I just thought it was like, Hey, it was like, help me. Like when you're trying to eat rice with chopsticks and you're not good at it, it's like, could use a little help on the end. So it's a little helping hand. <laughs> A lot of hand things going I on. Know. This is what I need at the end of a chopstick, really, is like freaking, you know, <laughs> giant hand. But it's constantly looking for that stuff. It's constantly looking for how I can implement certain sound effects, certain music. Um, it's make it's thinking of class as more of an event than it is just a class. So what would this look like if it was a show? What would this look like if it was awesome? What would this look like if like like if students cared, if they thought I was funny all the time, what would I do in class? And then I just do that. Uh, and I don't care if anyone likes it or not. I don't care if they think I'm funny. I don't care if they think it's cool. Um, it, Cause it's also amusing me. And I know that students don't always show their cards. They're not gonna tell you that they really liked something or not. So it's like, just go do it. And then if they don't like it, like, all right, sorry. You know, like, but I had fun. Think of Raw, they're still just kids. Like some people yeah. don't find things funny because it's just their personality, but like 
I just think kids are still kids. Even teenagers, middle school, yep. they, they they front and they act cool. Yeah, yeah. It's so that's not. I made a video. I I think it's on Instagram about how I do like some stuff in Zoom and and all that too, like change my background and all that. Um. Okay. Next question. Lauren is asking. Going into my first uh, year teaching this fall, what are some questions to ask school during during an interview? Uh. So that's a great question. I think going in. So one, um, I, th- I may have talked about this in a video, but one going in and having questions prepared is so crucial because it's like, otherwise interviews can often look like speed dating, right? They look like you are just showing up and you want to, um, you want to push someone like you want to like, see if they'll give you the job. Right. And so instead of like having questions to ask, That'd be like going on a date and just trying to hook up. Like, hey, you want to hook up? It's like, no, bro, you got to like finesse the situation. Or like, why don't you show like some actual interest in this person as well instead of just hoping that they're going to ask you questions. And so although I know that it's an interview, when we think of interviews, we think of us being interviewed. No, 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 no. I need to interview you to see if this is a school that I would like to work at. Because I know that like, you know, just try and like in like really engage that swagger that you have in you because you're good at something, right? You became a teacher because you're good at something. And so what is that thing? Hold on to that. Know that this is a gift that you're about to show up and give to this school, whether that's your time, your effort, your ability, that the, your love for your subject, your love for your students, um, your ability to make things fun, your ability to make things important, that your ability to see students that don't think that they are seen, um, your ability to show up and be a part of a community and like, accentuate that community, like be like a, like a important part of what's going on here. And so I think looking at schools, websites, at their newsletters, at like whatever you can get your hands on, and then trying to figure out how can I be a part of this? So asking them about their football team, their soccer team, their theater production team. Um, do you all have a school podcast already? Do you all like have a, a community garden? Um, it's trying to figure out like where they are and what they're doing so that you can like, then talk about how you can share some of your gifts with that community. And I think that is, is crucial. Um, asking how they, you know, like what kind of autonomy do teachers have? Do they have their own classrooms? Like what are like some of those things are really, really important. And then also, looking up stuff and saying, Hey, look, before we get started, I really want to congratulate you guys. Cause I saw that your test scores made it into the paper last week. I saw that, um, you really like your football team crushed this season. Um, if there was a loss, if something else happened, like being able to say like, like letting them know in some way, shape or form that I did my homework. Of course I know what's going on here. Like I'm showing up on purpose and I picked your school to, to, to apply to, for a reason, um, because I can see myself being here. I can see myself being a part of this community. It seems really wonderful. I think that that's, that's a good move. Um, what you got? You ready for the next one? I'm ready. All right. It's our buddy, John Box. Hey, CJ, what's the best advice you can offer for differentiating writing assignments when your class is large and has a very wide range of ability and proficiency? That's a great question. Um, John Fox sounds like a good, that sounds like a cool name. I don't know. What are you doing over there? Siri, Messing stuff up? Siri right? wants to talk to me. Um, I think differentiating things is 
One, I mean, so I had a conversation with someone the other day. And maybe, maybe this is one of those things you can go with the spirit of um, over the actual thing, or maybe the actual thing helps you. They needed to do persuasive writing, um, five paragraph essays and learn like, you know, the hook and the thesis and transition statements and um, using numbers, facts, figures to like support your, your claim, uh, the whole closing paragraph thing, all that kind of formulaic stuff to do, which there's some value in, right? I, I, I won't say that there's not. In that, um, the teacher that they were working with, they felt like was kind of just delivered it. It was like, here's the thing. We're going to just deliver the food. It has no salt on it and no flavoring. And we're just like, here it is. Just we're, we're serving up the meat. And when we do that, I just think it's a disservice to the students. Plus, if not all your students can handle that level of work, how can we then differentiate this so that it's actually accessible for all students and plays to some of their strengths or helps them learn things in a different way? So I suggested that, you know, something I've done in the past, because knowing some of those persuasive techniques are important for the state test where we live. That being said, um, I suggested that you do, you study infomercials. So download or, or save a bunch of videos like successful infomercials that have happened recently, uh, like purple mattresses, I think is one, my pillow, Flexion flex tape, which my kids are like enamored by and they wish I would buy it for something. Yeah. Or commercials like KFC when they were doing Kentucky gold, like all of my students, like my son would watch Kentucky gold commercials. He'd search them up on YouTube. It's like, this is the pre-roll, right? And kids know this stuff because on every YouTube, uh, video, they play the same stuff. And what they're trying to do is get you to not click the skip ad in the first 10 seconds and to actually watch a bit of their commercial. So trying to get students to use some of those persuasive techniques, the hook, the thesis, what you want people to know, how are you going to get them to buy it or support your cause? Like these are all things that like that YouTube is using all the time that commercials are using all the time that flex sealed uses all the time to get you to like want to watch and be like, Oh damn, how'd they do that? Oh, what? Like just put a piece of tape on that. Stop leaking. Like amazing. It's using some of those techniques to do that. So then when they're done that they make an ad uh, for a product that either already exists, that doesn't have an infomercial or something that they invented. And so they have to go through that process of Okay, well, like, what's your hook going to be? How, what kind of facts and figures are you going to use to support your claims on this? So that is, they're engaging with that information again. And then they have to write something up, right? So you have to create like the, if like, whether it's a script, whether it's um, uh, a paper, but you're using some of those things again. And I think that we can, when we have students that are at varying levels of ability, we are, maybe they don't rock the paper as much but you see that they're getting the concepts, the ideas, and, and, and some of the material based on their project instead. You know, switch that. Some students that hate the project are the kids that are like, bro, just give me the essay. Just let me write the friggin' essay because I can rock the essay. I suck at this other thing, um, which is creating a project or, or acting or, or making something with my hands. But that's what differentiating instruction is. It's not just figuring out, and I think people get this twisted all the time, is that differentiating instruction is not just making it so 
Um, everyone has something that they're good at. It's finding things that kids are struggling with and finding ways to push them because too often school, and I say this all the time, school is made for vanilla children, is made for the average child, right? But what happens when you're slightly left of center? What happens if you're gifted? What happens if what we're doing in school doesn't play to your strengths? What happens if you are on the spectrum, if you're dyslexic, if you're just if you have learning different, like learning difference like dyscalculia or dysgraphia or something along those lines, what we're doing is creating spaces where those students can be pushed and also where they can flourish. And when we do that, um, I think that that like that kind of model that I just talked about can help a lot of different students because you are thinking of things in a wildly different way than you normally would. Um, Cause who the hell's going to come in and look at be like, all right, guys, we have to study flex seal commercials today. But I think it would be, it's fun. And it's something that they already know about too. Chris Carson gave you the seal of approval. Thanks, Chris. The, the flex seal of approval? No. Well, he said. Come on. That was a good dad joke. I guess. Great explanation of differentiation. Chris Carson, if you guys don't know, um, is uh, a really incredible teacher that works with um, his special ed population at his school and really finds ways to like really engage them to really help them out, to meet them where they are and to bring them up to where they want to be or, or need to be. Um, and is wildly patient uh, with his students and is really like an incredible educator. Um, what you got, dude? Uh, yeah. Texting E? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, okay, our next question is from Stephanie Shook. She's asking, how do you confidently deviate from your PLC group slash uh, plan slash schedule? Uh, I, I just, I do, I just, you know, that's a question. so let me think about this. Cause sometimes I have to think about things as if I'm not going to just do the things that I do. Um, I think sometimes like, look, like if you go into PLC meetings, um, for those of you that don't know, I, I think they're, they're professional learning communities. So like the way our school does it is they, somebody like basically picks teams for you. Uh, they used to have us do it ourselves, but then I don't know if that got us in trouble because I just kept hanging with my friends all the time and like um, doing stuff that we wanted to do. So instead it was you get together for these meetings or 30 to 60 minutes once a week or something like that. And you talk about an objective or a way that you're like trying to make your class better or your professional like, you know, portfolio or something like that. In theory, these are a great idea. I'm sure some schools do a really good job of this. You know, and although, so I'd say for last year, I had a PLC or maybe the year before with a really good friend of mine that led my PLC. She did a really good job. She created space though, where it was like, hey, look, I know we're supposed to be talking about this today. This is on my radar right now. And I think it's really important. It's really going to affect our students and our, and our community. So can we please talk about this? And that, that works. Um, I think sending people a text or an email ahead of time and saying, look, I know we have a, we have some things we have to talk about. Can there please be some time before, after, or during the meeting to address these particular needs as well? And I think it's just asking because here's the thing. When you make it, when you when your mindset is this is about students or about others, and it's not just about me, it can be about you, but I think putting the focus on others helps us to have more, it, it gives you courage to ask questions. Um, it gives you courage to bring things up that you wouldn't normally. It gives you courage to, to shake things up because you're making it about students. Um, 
when things are about me, I have a really hard time like asking for help, asking for uh, a handout, helping, asking for assistance in any way, shape or form. But if I know if it's your students, I'll ask anything. I'm not afraid to ask for, you know, for anything for kids. So it's going in with that kind of mindset. I think it shifts things. I catch off guard. Great job. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> I can, I'm dealing with something else. Sorry. All right, I'm looking for Free to Truth is next. Here we go. Okay. Free to Truth is asking, how would you deal with not being respected in school from other staff because you're younger than them and they don't take you seriously? I, you know, Steve Martin uh, the comedian was once asked, like, how do you, like, I think someone asked him, like, how do you get to like a place where people know that you're successful or they like really, um, they take you seriously, like similar to your question. And his answer was one of my favorite answers of my own time. Like if I was going to write another quote in my classroom, it might even be this. It's be so good. They can't ignore you. And I love that idea because it puts the ownership of all the stuff that's happening on me. I, I can only control me. I can't control how other people see me for any, for any number of reasons, right? But what I can do is hone my skills and get so good that you can't even ignore the fact that I'm crushing it. You can't ignore the fact that I'm communicating with students, that I'm helping students find success, that I'm helping students find their voice, their story, find them to know themselves that they're important. And then I think the other piece is once, so the problem there is once you get good, everyone tries to explain that away. Oh, it's because you're young. It's because you come from the same background. It's because you like the same music. It's because you, you know, they try to explain it away all the time. So the way I get around that is that when you're doing a great job, when you're doing great work, when you're connecting with kids and things are happening in your room. So like when I have, you know, the best example of this is when I have um, either a really important um, speaker come to my class or I have someone that is uh, like a DJ come in, right? Because so when DJs come into my class to speak to my hip hop class, um, I have DJs come in because I can't, I can't, I have zero hip hop capabilities, right? Can't spray paint, can't freaking dance, can't rap. Can't, um, I, I can't DJ. Uh, I am not about to be the teacher that teaches about black culture to black students. Um, but so what I do is create space so that, uh, that the community here in Philadelphia can come into the space and help with this. Um, but having a DJ is like, bro, you can't have a DJ come in and it's not loud. You can't have a quiet DJ in your room. Cause if you want, you want kids to feel the music, you want the bass to infiltrate their bodies. Um, so when that happens, it's kind of like I'm having a party, right? This is what I think of it as people get jealous and feel bad when they're not invited to the party. So whether it's a DJ, whether it's a project, whether the kids are doing a performance or they're, pre or they're presenting projects, or they are leading a lesson that day, or you're having a really interesting conversation, it's looking about in your school community and seeing who are the people that are hating because they might actually be really good collaborators if I could get them to see what I'm actually doing. And so inviting people into your party, I talk about this in the book, uh, teacher class off now available on Amazon everywhere books are sold. Um, it is <laughs> inviting people into your awesome. And so when you're doing stuff that's awesome or you're doing stuff that you're like, yo, 
I'm going to try this new thing out. I'm not really sure how it's going to go. Could be a train wreck. Would you mind coming in and taking a look so we can have some dialogue about it? I think that that solves a lot of those problems. And then look, if none of that works, it's really trying to work on yourself and getting your confidence to a place or your, your, your own, how you think of yourself to a place where you're not sweating what other people think. Like you really can't control that because some people just hate. I've, I've worked with people that like, no matter what, like I've tried all this stuff. I've brought them on trips with us and taken them to cool places and like had them over for dinner and they just still suck. Like some, like some people just, they have their own thing going on and I'm not sure how to handle that. So it's like, you try, 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 try. And then it's, I don't ever give up on them, but like, it's like, I'm just not going to keep giving you all of my attention because you're a black hole of attention. It's not showing any reward and, and really benefiting the community that we're a part of. So that's how I get down. That's a great question. That was a good question. Um, Kate is next. Cool. Kate is asking ideas for connecting with colleges when everyone is so overwhelmed. I'm a first year teacher and change to field slash move for the job. Colleagues, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, all right. So we, I have to read that again. Ideas my bad. Um, I, you know, Kate, I think for me, um, it's doing things that are slightly unexpected. It's doing things that are silly. It's sending someone something in the mail from Amazon. That's ridiculous. It is, uh, you know, sending people my picture. Um, it, it's like, just like, just dumb stuff like that. Um, it is sending things to folks, whether it's a GIF, a meme, a text, with no need for them to respond. I'm not looking for you to give back, although you know people will, but it is giving without the ex expectation that you're going to receive anything back from someone. Because it just feels good to give, right? It feels good to do that stuff. So I think that that really helps. Um, sometimes like Zoom calls and stuff like that are fun, but I find that I feel like most people are just tired of being on Zoom. Like we're on Zoom all day. Uh, or And whether you're in, you know, and that's for people that teach hybrid also. It's just, it's so taxing to do that. Um, that that's what I do. And, and, and so it's because look, here's the, the point. The thing that I'm getting at here is I've not found a way this year to get me to a place where I usually am with staff. Usually we have people for dinner, for drinks, for fires in the backyard to just talk. We go out to dinner with people. We go over their houses. We hang out. That can't happen. So I don't know that I can figure out a way to, to get there at scale like I normally do. I think what I'm doing is trying to, it is, I'm driving a beater car right now, right? I usually drive a Lexus. I'm driving some, you know, the Kia Rio that's, you know, 12 years old and is really struggling. I'm just trying to get to the next place. I'm trying to get to next year. I'm trying to get out of COVID. I'm trying to get, you know, through this year in the best possible way that I can. So, um, so I decorate my Kia Rio and I put on good jams and I roll down the windows and I'm like, you know, trying to do what I can to get to the next place in the best way that I can. But, uh, it's not putting any sort of expectation on yourself also that it has to, you have to get to where you were before, but just finding small ways to let people know that they're seen, know that they're appreciated, know that you care about them and you love them and you're thinking of them, um, without, it being what it usually is. We're at 2.15. Cool. Uh, can we do one more? Do you have one more? Uh, right, yeah. We're going to do one more because I don't want to keep the team on here longer than, than anything. What's that? One? Pick, pick a random one. 
Okay, a random one. Um, let's go with Tien and James P. We're going to combine them. Oh, okay. Um, That's a good combination. Yeah, right. So, oh, let me go back to StreamYard and put them up on the little computer here. Oh, no, now I have to find them. Uh, that shouldn't be too hard, right? It is. Anyway, I'm going to answer them. I'll put them up later. Um, so, Ian Tran is asking, how do you make yourself walk away from work for the night when you're back, when you're zoned in? How do you get back on track if you lag behind? That's his. But Mr. James Pete is also going, how do you battle utter exhaustion? I just can't seem to kick it right now um, with any amount of sleep. How do you just shut the brain off when you enjoy having the brain on to teach? Yeah. So they're both kind of like. Um, man. I would say, so what was, Tian said, what? I got Pete's. How do you make yourself walk away from work for the night when you're zoned in? And how do you get back on track if you feel like you're lagged behind? For me, it has to do with, um, one, knowing that. So, Jim, it's, when I, here, here's what we do, I, I think, as, as a culture. And I know I do this as a person. So I'm just going to assume everybody else does this as well. If you found Jim, so you can put it up. Uh, no, 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 I didn't. Um, it is not knowing it is so when i let's say let's say it's uh it's i gained weight let's say i feel like i lost muscle mass and i'm not as strong because i'm carrying some ikea boxes from my car which i've been doing a lot lately um and i'm like damn I'm like really like babe i gotta do some push-ups because I'm, I'm struggling here it is when you're doing that Beating ourselves up for where we got to is really, really easy. And realizing that things like your health, your well-being, your happiness, your weight, your um, your level of exhaustion or excitement, they're really just small shifts you have to do that can yield very large changes. And instead of thinking that, oh gosh, I got to like my eating is off the rails. I got to do all these changes. I got to do all this crazy different stuff. It's like, no, like I think that there are small changes that you can make to help. Right. So like if you're really exhausted, it's really looking at what you eat. Right. So for me, it is cutting and some of this hurts, right? Some of it's not easy, but it only takes a few days to really see the difference. If I cut out sugar, like refined sugar and white, uh, white bread, right? So like rolls, bread, that kind of thing from my diet in three days, a five days a week, me like not even a week, like under a week, I feel infinitely better. I have less soreness in my joints. I have more energy. Um, if I do things like I eat 30 grams of protein within the first 30 minutes of, of the day, I make sure that like, even if I'm eating kind of shitty during the day, I'm drinking uh, kombucha. I am, uh, not putting sugar in my coffee. I am not like at the checkout counter at target and thinking that that king size Twix looks real good. Babe, that king size not Twix saying looks that, good. uh, CJ did that last not night. I'm saying I did that last night and <laughs> had some Starbucks cause I had to go back to friggin', uh, we the, forgot something at target. Sorry, I had to go back it. and it was crucial. So like, it's making those small shifts that create very large changes in our lives. I think, how do you stop doing work? You make something else exciting. You find something else that you want to do also. 
a movie that you really wanted to watch, a friend that you were like, oh, snap, they're coming over in half an hour and I'm still wearing pajama pants at 5.30 in the afternoon. It's um, like, for me, it's been uh, learning piano. And so I have a song or a couple of songs that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. And I like just want to get this, just this next part. Can I just learn this next part? It is, you know, setting time up with your family or your friends. Like, so tonight our kids just started reading Harry Potter. They're about, they're almost through the second book. Um, and we, so we're going to watch the first movie tonight, but it'll be like an event. Like we'll get candy and popcorn and everyone has blankets and we're all sitting together. And it's going to be like a thing that we do. And that's exciting, right? So like, although I'm going to work for the rest of the day today, like I'm excited to work for the rest of the day. I have some new ideas and some new stuff that I want to try out. Um, and my stuff that went wrong in the beginning of the live feed that I want to see if I can get it to hone in. Um, that is stuff that I'm excited about doing. So it gets me to do that. How do I get back into work? I think about stuff that I'm excited about doing. Here's, here's something that, that Ernest Hemingway used to do that I thought was brilliant. Ernest Hemingway would um, stop writing every day when he knew what the next thing was that he was going to write. So when he got to a part, and let's say you know that the next thing you're going to do is like, oh, that's going to be so rad. Like when I write like this part's going to be great. Or, um, I know exactly what I'm going to say next, shut it down. So that when you go into it the next day, you're starting from a place of knowing exactly where you want to start, exactly what you were going to say, exactly what that email was going to look like, exactly what that lesson plan was going to look like. And oh man, here we go. We're going to get started in doing this right now. Instead of finishing everything, looking at your to-do list and going, crap, I don't want to do any of that. Uh, it, it starts you off in a better place. And I like that. And then for me, it's always creating the space like back here. You can't really see all this. I'm, I have a video, but I have to make it for a company first, a new kind of office tour thing, but it is surrounding myself with like books that I like seeing with messages that I like seeing with silly stuff around me, like even dumb stuff. Like I have like a whole thing here that's just filled with eyeballs. Right. Um, I don't have kids. I can stick these on right now, but I just like the idea of having a bin filled with eyeballs and that's right next to the uh to the paper clips and the push pins and the actual stuff i really use in my day-to-day -day life but also just having dumb stuff around um i have certain candles that i burn and certain light settings that i set back here and like put on certain music that creates the vibe like it's an experience like when we're doing work um my son does the same thing he like sets the lights down low puts the chair in the position that he wants like a whole vibe situation that you're trying to create just like we do in our classrooms so it's making doing work an event it's the same reason that i love going to the gym when i would go to the gym before covid is because i liked being in that space with people that were getting after it that were working out that the music's on that it's loud that there's only one thing that we're here to do and i i like creating those spaces and places um i think that's good dude you good cool uh, you didn't really speak much today. There's so much going on and it's all new and I don't know where to look at everything. And there's like 5,000 things. Like I didn't know, like, yeah, it's, there's a lot. Going we will on. learn from it. Mm -hmm. It'll be all right. And it's we a will growing. keep going. It's a so look, everybody, I appreciate you. I wanted to say one more time that like, look, if this is not enough for you, if you need someone to talk to during the week you can go rate the real rap with Reynolds.com, you can sign up for mentoring. Um, sometimes schools will pay for that. Um, we're trying to, we're in the process of trying to figure out how you can even get professional development credit for that. Um, and if that's not enough, also you can get the book real rap that side, right? Um, yeah. this is, it's, it's opposite, opposite for me. 
Uh, Real Rap with Randall or teacher class off is available. Uh, if your school buys the book, um, even a small group of you, right? You have 10 people that read the book together as part of a club or something like that. I'll do a free Zoom call with your class. Um, or you can just have me come and speak. If you like what's going on here, share this with your community. Tell your administrators that like you would like me to, to fly out or to drive out or to take a train or whatever the hell I'm get, doing to get there. Um, and I will come to your school and speak. And I, you know we can do that virtually as well. So that's these are all things. What we're trying to do here is create pathways and pipelines to help teachers be the teachers they are called to be. And we will stop at nothing to be able to do that. So um, I hope you all have a great week. I hope that uh, those of you that are off tomorrow for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, that, that is a day of like service or rest or peace for you and for your soul. Um, and that's it, everyone. Peace. I think I just hit one button now and then this stops. There's not yeah. all the buttons hit. Yeah. Like this. Watch. Three, two, one, done. Oh, damn it. Done. <laughs>